Hey, Michael. I found a shiny rock. Would you like to examine it? Um, I mean, I'm not like a geologist or anything, but sure, I'll take a look at it. That's okay. You don't Give need it to here. Be, yeah, here, here you go. See, it's got something engraved on it. I think it's just from a gift shop, but this is, I can't make out what it says. Ah, yes. Let me get out my little magnifying glass eyepiece thing here. Set the, set the thing to the right setting, and it looks like it says... The podcast you're about to listen to contains spoilers and explicit language. Here's a clip. Wow, that's I'm incredibly lucky. That's exactly what we needed very, to say just now. Very specific. Well, I guess we'll do that now. Okay. <laughs> My brain's not ready to think all this think, Michael. I just like blew your mind within your mind already being blown. Side note, I hate time bandits. <laughs> Adempt of the... Oh, no! And so, if you were listening to this, expecting a fun time, <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. Wow, I mean, indeed. That rock wasn't kidding. I guess There was guess spoilers not. and explicit language in there. Huh. So, I wonder where, which gift shop this thing came from, because that is, again, very specific. It came from the Mostly Movies podcast gift shop. We have a gift shop now? Yeah, it's on the internet. No, it don't. No, don't don't tell just, the listeners that. Just go to nope. Amazon.com. Nope. <laughs> we have all kinds of stuff on there. We don't. That you can buy. No, no, we don't. Do we? On Amazon.com. Oh, are, our, are you saying that we own Amazon.com? <laughs> yeah, that's our website. <laughs> Everything on there is our merchandise. That explains our high-level quality of recording. Then. Yeah. So if you're listening, go to Amazon.com and order your own uh, Mostly Movies podcast merchandise. And now on with the show. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Mostly Movies podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about TV shows, video games, and what happens when you ingest the secretion from a human adrenal gland. But mostly uh, movies. Okay. My name's Michael. My name's Brian. And tonight's episode is 1998's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. What does happen if you ingest a freaking adrenal gland? We saw it in the movie. But before we get to that... Wait, is that okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> let's talk about some of the other things that happened to us in the world of TV shows and movies and ingesting the secretions from a human adrenal gland. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Was it? I'm pretty sure. We'll get into that later, I guess. Anyway, what have you been up to, Michael? Have you um, been up to much? Well, yeah, Disney Plus released... Oh, that's right, it did. ...past week. Uh, so I've been watching... Well, probably past couple weeks now. The Mandalorian. Releases. As of this episode, the first two episodes of The Mandalorian have come out. Yes. You've watched them too. I have. And they're great. They are. To any listener who doesn't have Disney Plus yet, find a friend who has Disney Plus <laughs> and mooch off of their account. Yeah. Yeah. Or sign up for yourself because it's very reasonably priced. Yeah, weirdly enough. Um, other than that, I've just I've been watching The Simpsons mostly on Disney Plus. Uh I started from season one. Yeah, you were mentioning it. Apparently it starts with a Christmas special. Yeah. I and, don't understand how they do a special as their first episode. Well, I think 
I'm not positive about this, but I think The Simpsons didn't actually start start as its own TV show, but it was a a short segment on another TV show. So it would make sense if what was the other show? No idea. Oh, okay. Don't ask me that, Brian. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> but it would make sense if it was a short segment on another TV show and then it got its own Christmas special and then off of that Christmas special it got picked up for its own series. I I guess so. Yes. <laughs> But I really liked the Christmas special, and I'm actually really liking the show. Like, well, of course, it's The Simpsons. I've seen like episodes of The Simpsons before, probably but not never in chronological order. Yeah, exactly. And I've never it's never really been a show that I've engaged with a whole lot. How many seasons are there now? Because they are still running, right? Thirty seasons. <laughs> it started in wow. 1989, so the show is older than I am. Wow. Yeah. These episodes that I'm currently on aired two years before I was born. <laughs> so, but that's a lot. Yeah, oh, that's what I've been doing. Quick, here, give give, uh, give quick review of the Mandalorian so far. Wow. Okay. Um. Just just out of five, I guess you like it. That's it. Uh, oh, I just get to give a, a well. Rating. I mean, we, we should move on, but if you really want to go in depth, I'll I just, just want to make sure we address that. Yes, we like it. I'll just say I like the space western vibe that it's got. It takes itself very seriously, and I like the format of the show where every episode so far has a three-act structure where it sets something up, there's a conflict and resolution in every episode, which I don't think a lot of TV shows do nowadays. So No, because they all just kind of release all at once, and then yeah. you just binge-watch through them all. Exactly. So... Uh, I'll give it a solid four out of five. Oh, I'm giving it a five out of five. I am thoroughly enjoying that show. I think that's the first five out of five that I've ever heard you give. There's got to be one more. Got to be. I have no idea what it would Not have been. Not that I know of. I can't think of it either. Listeners, write in and uh, and tell us if Brian has ever given a five out of five. In any case, love the show. All right. It, have you been doing anything else besides watching uh, The Mandalorian? I, I bought the Pokemon Shield game. Ah, yes, you were playing a little bit of that when I showed up. Yeah, I don't know. There's not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, on the internet, it's been getting a lot of crap right before its release because there was a lot of controversy, I guess, over what Game Freak did to kind of make this game better, quote-unquote. Yeah. Which they, you know, they basically took stuff away in order to... Streamline put, it? I guess, or to put more resources in other places... Quite frankly, you don't notice the stuff that they clearly tried to streamline or make better. Bottom line is it's not a bad game. It's definitely not as bad as the internet was making it out to be or anything like that. Still fun, still great. I'm liking the changes. I do miss a lot of the Pokemon that they cut out. But other than that, if you're worried, what am I talking about? Nobody who listens to this show plays this game. <laughs> well, how, how many... Uh, I wouldn't be too sure about that, actually. Well, really? maybe not this specific Pokemon game, but other Pokemon games. I don't know about that. How many of like the original Pokemon did they cut out is my first question. More than half. And secondly, how many Pokemon are there in total now? Because... I would guess close to 1,000, but I don't know. Yeah, that's too wait. many Pokemon. They, <clears throat> need to, they need to trim it down. They do. At that point. Hey, Google, how many Pokemon are there? 807. 807. Yeah, that's too many Pokemon. That at this is point. too many Pokemon. I think it's reasonable. Hey, Google, stop talking. 
You're so rude to my Google Home. <laughs> well, I no, I tell my Google Home to shut up, so. Yeah, I know. It's so rude. <laughs> I can turn the volume up on that Google, though. I don't think the mics can pick it up anymore. I don't think so. I think that's the catch-up segment. I guess so. Feels like there should be more. There's that Star Wars game that came out, but I haven't bought it yet. Oh, yeah. I watched a review for that, and I think I decided that I need to buy it, but I haven't bought it yet. So. Yeah. Or maybe I'll just wait for Christmas. Hopefully, Santa Claus will bring it. I have a feeling he would. Man, yeah, maybe. So, somebody's got to, if not Santa Claus. <clears throat> Anyways, yes, let's move on to the actual movie that we're... Is that what you want to call this? <laughs> it, is, it is technically a movie, yes. <laughs> um, not only is it a movie, it is an American, psychedelic, satirical, black comedy road film adempt, uh, bleh, adapted from Hunter S. Thompson's novel, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It was co-written and directed by Terry Gilliam and stars Johnny Depp and Benicio Del Toro. You having trouble reading Wikipedia there? I'm tripping over my words today. The film details the duo's journey through Las Vegas as their initial journalistic intentions devolve into an exploration of the city under the influence of psychoactive substances. Oh, I wanted you to give your summary. Oh, well. Too late. Yeah, way too late. Moving on then, what is what is that first segment that we normally do? Is it the box office stuff? I don't remember what the order is. We really need to get a better thing. Do you have it written down? I do. Hold on. I'm looking for it. Critic and audience reviews. Oh, no, it's the audience. Well, wait, why would they put that? No, it would be the box office before that. Yeah, I think because I've got it backwards on here. Wikipedia, it goes the budget, the box office. Oh, well, then we're just reading everything off of freaking Wikipedia. Well, yeah. In oh. the order that it goes to make it easiest. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, on a budget... Top quality content right here from the Mostly Movies podcast where we very dramatically read Wikipedia to you. Well, that way they don't have to look it up themselves. Um, All right, Michael, what is the box office um, stuff? So, this movie had a budget of $18.5 million. How much do you think it grossed off of that 18.5 million dollars what year did you say this came out in 1998 98 18 i don't know 20 <laughs> uh lower oh uh two higher <laughs> um three 13.7 million dollars oh, okay off of a budget of 18 so it was considered a flop a financial failure Although, it has since become what is known as a cult classic among film fans. I can, yeah, I could potentially see why. On top of that, the movie didn't exactly get good a good critical response either. I can't imagine it would have. <laughs> Tell me the critical responses, Michael. So, on Rotten Tomatoes, it holds uh, 49%, I believe. That's actually higher than I was out of, expecting. Out of 100 here in Wikipedia, our source of all information, it says that Terry Gilliam wanted to provoke a strong reaction to his film and said in an interview, quote, I want it to be seen as one of the great movies of all time and one of the most hated movies of all time. I don't know if he su quite succeeded there, but I, I can see what he was going for with that in mind. So the 49 is... Just uh, an average across the board, I assume. Yes, based on 67 reviews and has an average rating of 5.7 out of 10. The consensus reads, 
visually creative, but also aimless, repetitive, and devoid of character development. Won't disagree. <laughs> have you ever heard of Roger Ebert? I have heard of Roger Ebert. Probably one of the most famous movie critics of all time. Uh, he was quoted as calling it a horrible mess of a movie without shape, trajectory, or purpose. A one-joke movie, if it had one joke. The two characters wander witlessly past the bizarre backdrops of Las Vegas, some real, some hallucinated, and all interchangeable, while zonked out of their minds. Humor depends on attitude. Beyond a certain point, you don't have an attitude. You simply inhabit a state. I can see why he was famous. That's very well put. <laughs> but his uh, reviewing partner, Gene Siskel, gave it a thumbs up. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's it? Just a thumbs that's up? That's all that it says. It just says, Gene Siskel, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on to, the, to our history with this movie then. Our history specifically. You have seen this movie. I have not. Yes. How long ago was the first time you saw this? Uh, I want to say a couple years ago. It was okay. it was on Netflix for a while, and I had it on my list. And one day I was just kind of like binging Netflix movies, and it was one of them that was on there. So to be perfectly honest, I wasn't watching it in the same way that I was watching it today. Was it just on in the background as you did things? Yeah, because it was probably like the third movie that I had watched that day. Gotcha. Yeah. And so when I was watching it, then I was like, wow, that's some crazy shit that's going on. <laughs> but I didn't really pay attention to any of the context. Have you seen it since then, other than today? No. Okay, so. Yeah, right. this is my second viewing. How about you? Yeah, I already established. I have not seen this. <laughs> Did you know anything about it no, going I, in? I have seen that like poster, poster cover before, but that's it. That's like one of the more iconic movie posters, I would say where it's just like the desert and Johnny Depp, his neck is all like warped and shit. It reminded me of like the old comic book Plastic Man a little bit. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm yep. aware of him. Okay. He's DC, right? He is DC. He, he's basically Mr. Fantastic, except he's like a, almost an anti-hero, I guess. Mm -hmm. And he's real quippy, right? He is quippy. He's, he's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, should we talk about the history of the movie itself? Sure, because I'm, I'm a little bit curious. Because, okay, you said this was directed by one of the Flying Circus people, right? Uh, Monty Python. Yeah. Yeah. Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. Mm -hmm. I was only just recently told that that's the guy who does the animations for most of the Monty Python stuff. Yes. Uh, that makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to know, like, other movies that... Oh, he's done more. Oh, yeah. He's a famous director. Really? Mm-hmm. Did not know this at all. Yeah, just list off a few. Okay. In case I've seen one of these. <clears throat> and I can put some pieces together here. So, he directed the film Monty Python and the Holy Grail, well, obviously. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> he directed the movie 12 Monkeys with Bruce Willis. I do remember you telling me that now, yes, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, the Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Never heard of such a thing in my life. Uh, Brazil. He just directed the country, Brazil? <laughs> is, is he like their dictator? or? Yes, he runs the country of Brazil. Okay. <laughs> I actually have no idea what that movie's about, but I know it's some sort of classic. Really? Yeah. What year is that one? Uh, 1985. And I know one of your personal favorites. Oh? 
Time Bandits. Oh, some stuff is making sense now. <laughs> Side note, I hate Time Bandits. <laughs> Mainly because of the ending. No, that's one of the best endings ever. It's one of the worst endings ever. It's evil. Don't touch Get- it. Boom. Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. Actor performance. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Johnny Depp. How do you think he did? Fantastic. I loved it. Because <laughs> this is before his Johnny Depp-isms got a little out of hand. and so Before, you say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he was better at it back then. Nowadays, it's more of a caricature of the thing that he was already doing, which was really over the top. And so... I think he's just kind of lost his subtlety Well, <laughs> over the years. I mean, he's getting older now. I thought he was fantastic. How did you think he was? Uh, <laughs> that's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I don't know how to feel about most of the actors in this movie. Cause... Okay, you know what? I'm going to say they did great because I believed truly believed everyone in this film was on some sort of drug (laughs) was whacked out of their mind yes i think there was some real method acting going on there speaking of which oh benicio del toro how did you think he did i did not really understand that that's who that was until near the end Mm -hmm. uh and then very suddenly my opinion of him got better (laughs) You, you know who that is right i i i'm a little more aware of him yeah um nowadays thanks to this podcast i think (laughs) i thought he did a freaking fantastic job too i mean i believed that he was completely whacked out of his mind for the the whole movie too yeah uh, that bathtub scene that okay (laughs) (laughs) oh boy okay this whole this whole podcast is just gonna be me being very uncomfortable with all my thoughts in my head. <laughs> so. Good. I'm going to I'm gonna try and help you work through that. Thank you, Michael. I let's, appreciate that. Let's get started with it, though. Let's start with how the movie starts. Is there any ac- other actors, though, that we need to talk about? Uh, or is, well, there's no, like, really it, everyone else it? is basically cameos. You got Tobey Maguire, which is why we're watching the movie. Oh, right, yeah. He was fine. Um, Gary Busey shows up as a cop for like two minutes uh cameron diaz also for like two minutes in an elevator oh that's who that was yeah the triumphant return of cameron diaz from from uh in being john malkovich where you also didn't recognize her who's she in being john malkovich again she was the main chick the one that wanted to become a man she wanted to become john malkovich like everybody because everybody wanted to become john Malkovich. well consider my mind blown for a second time Mm -hmm. I just like blew your mind within your mind already being blown. I guess maybe I blocked it out and now you're just being reblown. We should we should <laughs> we should move on from this. For our opening segment, you should just like bleep that out very strategically. <laughs> All right. So Beginning the, scene. Yeah. Tell us, Michael. It opens with two guys driving through the desert just out of their mind on drugs yes already just, and johnny depp's inner monologue explaining all of the things that they have and have taken and are about to take and yes i love the scene where they they pull over and johnny depp he's like swatting at imaginary bats 
with a fly swatter <laughs> and he just opens up the trunk and he gives us all a rundown on all of the different drugs that they have yeah that do you how many of them do you remember uh, um i i think i heard something about ether yes ether is the only one i can remember because the rest have long complicated names <laughs> they had we oh wait no wait there was cocaine in there Yes, half a salt shaker's worth yes. of cocaine, specifically. Yeah. Uh, they had a quart of rum and a quart of tequila, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. They had a bottle of ether and some mescaline. Mescaline, that was the main one. Yeah, which I think were those capsules that they were like breaking open and, and snorting. Oh. I think that's what that is. I'm not super positive on what mescaline is. We're clearly drug aficionados here. Yeah. I meant to look it up, but I forgot. So that's fine. Anyway, so we uh, fast forward a couple minutes. Actually, can I stop you and rewind? Already? Yes. <laughs> We're at the very beginning of the movie. Well, it's because of the bats. Because when this movie started, yes, I was, you know, I was in note taking mode. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm getting into, but I imagine it's going to be weird. Mm -hmm. Now, when the bats happened, he actually killed a bat and left it and it got left behind. My brain from there thought, okay, there's going to be some supernatural element here where he can like suddenly see things that are invisible and he's actually killing them or what have you. And I had oh, no idea. you had no idea what the plot was about. No. Because, I mean, he, he actually killed something that was invisible and now it was there for us the viewers to see. Mm, I think that was just supposed to be like trippy. I don't well, think I realize that, that now. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in that moment, that's what I thought the kind of movie I was getting into so right. the rest of the movie, I kept waiting for that to happen. Well, okay, not the rest of the movie. Like maybe ten more minutes. <laughs> and then, then, and then I realized you started what, to catch on. Yeah, what, what, what was up to here? Uh, shoot. Okay, do you want to go through this whole thing or just pick out some favorite scenes? Well, we definitely should just pick out favorite scenes because it's pointless to try and break <laughs> this whole thing down. It really is. But I do, during this opening scene, want to bring up that our boy... Oh, Toby, Toby McGuire. McGuire shows up with a, it's not a mullet. What is that? Actually, is he our boy? <laughs> yes. Yes, Michael. No, actually, he's not our boy. Okay, well, he is. He is the subject of our next movie, yeah. our listener's choice pool. But the person that we based this movie off of was actually Debbie Reynolds. Well, yes, but we can still call him our boy because yes. he, is, he is the reason we're also... That we're the next gonna be one. watching the next movie. Yeah, so he he counts. Okay, it's fine. Okay, we, we we'll won't we won't leave him on the side of the road. We'll stay by we'll stay by it then. He's yeah. our boy. Yeah, and he's got like stringy blonde hair. Yeah, really this. disturbing. I could not tell if it was a bald cap with the wig or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Johnny Depp. They stop and they pick up this hitchhiker, and Johnny Depp is clearly unhinged. Freaked out? Yeah. Oh, well. Wait, what? What? What do you mean unhinged? He seemed well, like the normal one. He's like already paranoid that he's like, this kid, he's like, is this kid cool? Oh, if he's okay, not I cool, see. then Johnny we're just going to have to chop off his head gotcha. and bury him in the desert. Sorry, I thought I thought you were saying Tobey Maguire was the unhinged one. I was like, oh, no. What? Was there something I didn't pick up on? <laughs> no, Tobey Maguire was completely normal. Let's fast forward to the next scene. Oh, actually, before we fast forward <laughs> on to the next scene, um, there was one choice line that I really liked where uh, Johnny Depp like gets into the back seat and he's like right next to Tobey Maguire. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, I almost forgot about the beer. Do you want a beer? And he was like, 
no. And he's like, well, how about some ether then? <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, that was it. That is all I wanted to stop the podcast for. Okay. Let's move on to something that you that stuck out to you. Okay. 18 minutes and 20 seconds in, I made a note that just says that Johnny Depp must be a pretty experienced drug user to be taking most of this, you know, pretty well. Because mm-hmm. he's he is freaking out. Uh, I think he's in the hotel at this point, and he's freaking out about all the lizards. Yes. And, I mean, obviously he's not doing too great, but... Okay. <laughs> My brain wants to put myself into that situation. If that was happening to me, much more would be happening. <laughs> right. I would not be okay. Well, yeah. I mean, he clearly, the the character that he's playing or whatever is experienced in, uh, in taking drugs because he's always in voiceover telling you what you should do when you're like tripping on acid or if you're dealing with a friend who's losing their mind on drugs. And stuff like that. Yeah. So. Oh, all right. It's not backtracking, I swear. Okay. <laughs> but he does mention, or rather, a, a scene happens where he's doing his narration while they're still in the car, mm-hmm. and it kind of blends in with him actually muttering to himself. Right. So we get the idea as the audience that the narration is actually happening in his head. It's not like an after the fact and he's retelling the story or anything like that. Yes. It's in real time. He's more or less exactly i don't know what i'm it's, saying it's here <laughs> his actual thoughts as they're occurring i i know what you're talking about i like the way that they did it where he's saying that shit about chopping off toby Maguire's head and burying him in the desert yeah and then he's like oh shit did i say that out loud yeah and, and then and like it's the narration in both voiceover and he's saying it out yeah. loud <laughs> yeah that was uh that was really well done yeah um let's see is this getting off track already it is a bit. Um, <laughs> all right. Oh. Allow me to give just a basic summary of what I assume the plot is of this entire movie. Yes, I know. A, a wow. dubious task, but allow me. Okay. <laughs> allow me to try. So this guy, best I can tell is he's some sort of journalism reporter, a press guy. And Yeah, what is it that he calls himself? A uh, doctor of journalism. That's it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I... I think he got fired, and he's wanting to, I don't know, prove that he's worth keeping around or something. Did he get fired? I didn't pick up on that. They say something about it in the car, and that's why they're going to somewhere with the gun to kill him. But that kind of gets derailed, and they don't end up doing any of that. Yeah. So I'm not clear. But anyways, he he's a journalist, which is why he's got the inner monologue going and he has a typewriter and he types up most of this stuff and he's there initially in las vegas or they're driving to las vegas to then do press stuff right <laughs> on a race that's happening can can i stop you for for just yes one please because i'm i don't know where i'm going anymore so this is confusing to me because i've heard other people say and i always assumed that the character that johnny depp was playing was hunter s thompson and this was based on a true story. Who? Okay, then who's Hunter S. Thompson? Hunter S. Thompson was an American journalist who wrote this article or, oh, a novel. He wrote this novel called Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh. And I thought it was like somewhat autobiographical. But Johnny Depp's character in this movie is not 
named Hunter S. Thompson. He's named Raul Duke. So they have it could be an alias i think it might be because i think <laughs> at least on a couple occasions they say okay use a different name to put this right the under the ticket or something actually yes they do say it because remember he takes the acid before they get to that first hotel and his attorney friend is like are you ready to do this go to a hotel and check in under a, an assumed name and everything mm-hmm. so it's definitely an alias so this is based on actual things that hunter s thompson experienced quite possibly then with that context in mind yes (laughs) that's that's even crazier (laughs) (laughs) but yeah continue go on with uh well okay now with that with now knowing that i guess Mm -hmm. then the rest of the story is just him getting information for a book that he's going to write because now he's fired as a journalist yeah that might be just it and he's just taking a bunch of drugs along the way, I guess, for inspiration slash just to continue doing stuff. I don't. So can you think of a reason that this book became popular enough to turn into a movie? Two reasons come to mind. One, it's so off the wall that nobody would believe it. But at the same time, if it's written by a guy claiming that it was all real stories, causes enough conversation slash controversy slash... I don't know, arguments. (laughs) Right. That it would at least get talked about. Second reason, it's just so off the wall, people like to hear crazy stories. That could be it. I don't know. My brain actually hurts right now. (laughs) I So the first time that I watched this movie, I did not pick up on any of the themes that he was getting at. Oh, right. all of the craziness. I do have another note about his inner monologue actually to that same effect because i liked his inner monologue narration stuff because it's a lot more calm it's a lot more analytical of the situation he's and seeing the, and picking he's up a, a lot very good writer very just good just like the way that he speaks is very compelling yes the very first or one of the very first things that i thought when i heard the, the voiceover narration and just all the crazy shit that was going on is this is very well-written nonsense <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, so anyway, go ahead. Um, uh, well, <laughs> you okay. forget what you were going to say. No, I'm looking through my notes, and I'm trying to pick one of these to talk about, because otherwise we'll just end up talking about them all. <laughs> Who's a mall? Uh, he's, well, we don't need to talk about him. He's, <laughs> he's not that interesting. What we should say is that they are tripping on acid for a while once they get to vegas they're just going around they end up doing ether and then they go to debbie reynolds live show get kicked out of there real quick reason we're watching this do a bunch more nonsense uh benicio del toro wants to die in a bathtub at like the peak of this song um what else is there to say (laughs) Well, that's only like maybe 40 minutes into the I know, right? Into the movie. When we were watching this, I was like, I thought that was near the end. <laughs> when that happened, there's still like an hour left in this movie. But at that point, I started like picking up on more of the the themes that I had mentioned earlier. Tell tell us some of these themes, Michael, cuz I can't collect my thoughts. So many times when he's sitting down at his typewriter, He's kind of flashing back to the 60s 
and talking about uh sort of like hippies and the the summer of love i guess where they were all like peace and love and hallucinogenics right like drugs right yeah 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 and i feel like that whole movie or this whole movie is what's the word that i'm trying to look for it's deconstructing that it's like why that doesn't work but then also the way that america is now also doesn't work it just has a very very bleak outlook on everybody and everything and i've got some examples that i can oh, okay <laughs> so at the very beginning he's talking about as they're driving through the desert mm-hmm. that that's the same desert where the manson family lived Who's which the manson family it well, have you not seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? We need to watch that. No, I haven't actually. Uh, it would. You know who Charles Manson was? No. <laughs> I'm gonna have to explain this whole thing then. <laughs> For those Manson. of you listening at home, I do enjoy the defeated look on his face every time he <laughs> hears that I haven't seen or heard about something. Charles Charles Manson. He mm-hmm. was this very. <clears throat> what's the word when somebody give me the highlights somebody man. attracts a lot of people to them charismatic very charismatic individual he started this cult basically of a bunch okay. of hippies who all believed in like this hippie movement is this the kool-aid of... thing no no that was a different cult dang it this was the manson murders cult oh where charles manson inspired uh some of his followers to kill a bunch of people oh neat yeah so i feel like johnny depp at the beginning of the movie bringing up the manson family and the murders that would be associated with that kind of draws a parallel to later on when he's talking about the 60s and the drugs and the love and peace and all of that what i wrote down this might seem a little wanky. <laughs> sure. I mean, yes, yes, it is going to, but continue. Yeah, this was the scene where he was talking about the 60s and how all of these hippies believed that they would win just with their energy, it said. And it was showing, like, all of these crowds of people that were, like, all uh, all about love and peace, right? Mm-hmm. That same year is the year that people that would have been associated with this group committed these murders so it's almost like johnny depp well not why hunter s thompson (laughs) is saying that when you rely completely on your uninhibited energy the peace and love only lasts until fear and loathing sets in because then you're completely driven by that like johnny depp and benicio del toro are throughout this whole movie Maybe I'm not articulate enough to no, uh, you are. It's just, say um, that in a in a better way. <laughs> no, you you just got me thinking now is all and I can't I can't bring my brain Does to Does it make do... you want to go watch the movie again? Oh hell no. <laughs> I don't ever want to go through this experience ever again, Michael. And then oh, so later God. on in the movie there's like way more scenes that kind of highlight why that doesn't work, like the the sort of philosophy of the hippies from the 60s but then also why traditional american capitalism or whatever doesn't work either so 
let's say, for example, the scene where he goes back into Las Vegas and he's checking into the hotel and there's that, uh, that, uh, what are they called? They're not bellhops. I know who you're talking about. Like the, the concierge? Is that I, I what guess it is? The check-in guy. I don't know what you call that though. Yeah, he is talking Sven. to Sven. Yeah, Sven. Oh, which side note, by the way, one of my favorite scenes. I had to mark that one down. Oh, you really liked that scene? Yeah, I like that. Um, so he is just getting berated by this cop from Michigan who said that they had a reservation and he's being like very calm and polite about it and this cop is just losing his shit right like Mm -hmm. yelling at this guy and johnny depp then starts this monologue and he's like hey i can hear what this uh concierge check-in guy is actually saying to this dude or wants to say to this guy and then he's basically like hey i know cops like you you always get this power trip you think that you have control over everybody but i'm the one that's in control over this situation so it's basically saying people are going to exploit their power wherever they can. Anybody who gets power is going to take advantage of that power, especially because they feel like everybody else exploits their own power. My brain's not ready to think all this think, Michael. <laughs> so normally the cop would have a power, would have all the no, power. I, I, I'm or whatever, following you. I just don't want to. You would have the power trip. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm just not willing to then go and look for more pieces. Yeah. And then there's the the scene where they go to like that anti-drug seminar, right? It kind of seems like this movie on its own isn't is a pretty good anti-drug message, <laughs> but the way that they do it in this seminar is like so over the top. It's like completely demonizing anybody that would ever look at a drug i mean they still do that it's like you can tell a drug addict by the dried semen on their pants from the constant (laughs) jacking off when they can't find a rape victim and then johnny depp looks down yeah he's he's like oh get that off but yeah that's obviously very satirical and just painting those people in a really poor light too because nobody is nobody is freaking authentic in this world that it sets up Everybody is telling a story or saying whatever they need to say or doing whatever they need to do to get ahead and get on top. Right? Brain is fried. Hello, my name is Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I... uh... Also, freaking Johnny Depp gets pulled over by Gary Busey, the cop, right? Oh, yeah, Gary Busey, yes, for a kiss. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why? Uh, (laughs) So if Johnny Depp had been anybody else besides this famous journalist, the cop recognizes him as who wants a kiss for some reason. (laughs) He's very lonely. He would have gone to prison, but because he has this notoriety and respect, he doesn't even get a slap on the wrist. He's just like, just go to a rest stop and, and take a nap right kind of he's like specifically telling him to do that with like the wink wink nudge nudge don't do that Mm -hmm. or go further so you're outside my jurisdiction Mm -hmm. kind of deal i didn't understand what was happening there until you've just now said oh he recognizes him as a famous journalist because otherwise that makes no sense and i was about to ask what on earth did he see on this guy's (laughs) identification that made him go like oh my gosh yeah because he's hunter s thompson i guess 
I, I guess. And so I feel like the point of that scene is saying people in America that are notable and have respect have it way, way easier. And they can get away with pretty much anything. Or at least a lot. Yeah. Whereas other people that don't have that notoriety doing the exact same shit are the people that they're showing in those uh, anti-drug videos. Right? Yeah, you, you weren't kidding when you said you picked up on a lot of these themes. Yeah. <laughs> Good gracious. Should we uh, fast forward quite a ways? Uh, sure, with the side note that I, uh, I, I thought Sven was good guy. He was pretty funny. Yeah, I, I, liked, I liked his interaction <laughs> with Johnny Depp. Okay, Johnny so... Depp like, steps in to be kind of like helpful, like, hey, I'll get you out of this situation. Here, let me just make this guy even more upset real yeah. quick. Uh, I do have one other... Well, I'll save this one for last, actually. But the, the other note I want to make where is it because we're almost at the end here because after the the seminar thing lucy's that whole deal happens yeah oh that was disturbing yeah this is where this got too much for me like i was holding it together up till now would you like to dig into that whole monologue that depp had about uh oh i don't even remember selling the girl into sex trafficking to make up to like two grand a day well geez michael i don't have much to say now because that's pretty much all there was and how that relates to uh america and anybody doing anything that they can to get rich and get ahead you know what michael i sure would like to talk about all the things that you just said for me (laughs) i'm saying (laughs) that all of this makes sense I, I don't disagree. It's just a really roundabout way to t- tell any of this. I feel like it's just uh, all of this bad shit that Hunter S. Thompson did, and then he somehow spun it into a tale that made sense, which is impressive. It's very impressive. Um, oh, actually, you know what? I kind of trying to jump into the mind of someone who's maybe writing all of this after the fact. You, you write down all the crazy stories that happened to you, right? You see all the terrible things that you did and all the terrible things that you witnessed. And then you blame it on the system. You blame it on the system and you try to learn as much as you can from it. And you're like, this is what I learned. There you go. There's a, there's a book. But at the same time, he's not wrong. Oh, no, not at not all. only did he get away with this shit, he got rich off of it. <laughs> this was like a best-selling book. <laughs> I mean, it's well-written. <laughs> it, is, it is well-written. That's true. Uh, There's okay. a reason he's famous, Michael. So let's fast forward to Johnny Depp. He takes this, these drop, he takes the, the dropper. Oh, right. Okay, the the adrenal gland. Yeah. The stuff is happening now. The stuff that they, they take out of a human adrenal gland. And then Johnny Depp has this really weird trip where Benicio Del Toro turns into a demon with with like hairy tits <laughs> on his back yeah yeah um and then this is the part that i want to kind of focus on the aftermath yes he <laughs> wakes up in this hotel room that's completely trashed and flooded right? flooded with beer all over the floor well, that's all beer yeah it's supposed wow. to be and there's friggin' french fries and ketchup and mustard and porn <laughs> All over the walls. And he's wearing galoshes and has a gator tail attached to him. And what else is on the wall? 
Uh, oh, there's Debbie in the Rem- background. There's Debbie Reynolds. Was Debbie Reynolds in the background? Yeah, remember? He's got like the little shrine set up for her. Mm. I was going to point out the massive American flag that oh, was yeah, there's that. centered on the wall in the background. Because it's the American dream. They found it, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty clear parallel to uh, excess in America. All of the alcohol, the junk food, the porn, the nasty toilet covered in vomit with the gun at the bottom of it. <laughs> It's pretty explicit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't pick up on any of this the first time that I watched it. Well, you you mentioned you weren't really watching it. so Yeah, that's true. It was yeah. just kind of happening in the background. Which I feel like is probably how these drug trips happen. Mm. They happen in the background, and then you realize it as you're rethinking about it. What am I doing? I can't think right now. <laughs> Don't try, Brian. Is there anything else that you want to bring up before we just... Uh, uh yes the bloody knife what well there was that knife right and he grabs it and he sees there's blood on it yeah it's not ketchup it is blood and then he has that flashback to the diner with uh where they had the interaction with that girl he mentioned something about having her having her throat slit but she's still in shock but we don't actually see anyone get stabbed or sliced or anything like that so was that do you think that was almost like rewriting what happened well i don't know that that's what i'm hoping you can piece together for me now michael i don't know because i didn't even pick up on that well what i got from it was that the girl was in shock because of a past experience with a knife where she had been wounded or injured and so she was in shock kind of like flashing back to that moment oh that scene definitely stuck well, with the blood me, come from on the actual knife i don't know don't know i may need to go watch it again don't don't do this to yourself michael <laughs> that scene in the diner though was especially affecting to me and i don't know why i actually tense. wrote down verbatim diner scene is especially affecting and i don't know why because <laughs> that out of all the stuff that can happen that one is probably the more likely to happen mm. of an experience that you may have in your lifetime you just happen to be on a wrong day with the wrong friend in the wrong just part a of town. Bad person. Or just had a bad day. Yeah. And they just took too many drugs. I don't know. <laughs> Depends on which friend. Okay. So or maybe it's not even a friend, just someone else in the diner, and it just happens while you're there. That can happen. That scenario. I think it's like the silence of the scene. That, that too. Because there's just the 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 knowing that there's no one there to help. And it, it like escalates to the point that you're super, super tense. And then it never deflates. It, the whole scene just kind of leaves you with that sense of tension. Almost. Well, it does deflate eventually when they leave. Yeah. And nobody gets cut, even though there's still blood on the knife. And I don't <laughs> understand. Okay, let's jump to the wrap-up. Sure. Because Benicio Del Toro gets on a plane, completely scot-free. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go back to the trash hotel room. That's the visual depiction of American excess. Well... Hunter S. Thompson basically summarizes the whole meaning behind the story, right? Right. Do you remember what it said at all? No, at this point, my brain was fried, and I wanted it all to be over. So I didn't get the whole thing written down. There were a couple things that that jumped out at me. The first was that he referenced uh, the philosophy of Tim Leary. Who's that? See, I'm glad that you asked, because I, (laughs) I looked it up. 
And I guess Timothy Francis Leary was an American psychologist and writer known for advocating the exploration of therapeutic potential of psychedelic drugs under controlled conditions. Okay. And so what he says is that there's a flaw in Tim Leary's philosophy or whatever. And I think I might be paraphrasing here. I don't think I got it exactly. But he says that it's the belief in the acid culture that there is someone tending the light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, I vaguely remember that being said. What does that mean, Brian? Uh, It means... When I heard that, my brain wanted to assume that, like, you know, you're having your trip and you've, you're going down a bad trip or something, or you're taking the drugs to try and end a different set of memories, and you assume that it's all going to be better once this is all over. And so you see the light at the end of the tunnel, and there's somebody waiting for you to be like, okay, it's okay now. Everything's all right. Yeah, with them tending the light, I think it implies that otherwise that light would go out. Yes. Which means that there's someone out there that is looking out for you to make sure that nothing bad happens to you, that you're able to get out of it. Okay, last last brain cells here, but maybe then that implies that the acid culture, the drug culture really, is that there are plenty of other people who either do the drugs or have found ways to not have to use them that are now kind of... They are part of that community that you are now a part of. There's always yeah. a communal sense of you're in this with other people, Which even if you are completely alone while you're doing it. Is what the like communal philosophy of like the hippies from the '60s was. Right. It was. That's why it's called a commune. You oh, know, everybody's okay. looking out for one another. See, last brain cells. I just came up with the thing that already was said. <laughs> but then he's saying that the flaw is the belief that there is somebody tending the light at the end of the tunnel, which means that in the world that we live in, there is nobody looking out for you. Everybody is just looking out for themselves, be it the anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody that is out there that is just trying to seek power and fame and money and more drugs. To be fair, when you're in Las Vegas, I imagine that's 100% true. Yeah. So then at the end of the movie, there's the sign that says now leaving fear and loathing. So is it almost saying that like, like all of the bad shit that is what that is America in Vegas, Michael, is just concentrated. It's just concentrated there. Right. So it's almost kind of a positive thing because it's not everywhere. I, I would argue it's simpler than that, and only it's it is that mentality of what happens in Vegas stays in Las Vegas, where it's you're leaving it now. You're leaving all these memories that just happened behind you. Mm-hmm. You can go back to your normal life that is not Las Vegas, and the world is not as dark as it appeared, or at the very least, it's not as dark as Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> also, as uh, Hunter S. Thompson is driving that highway back to L.A. He's got a big old American flag flying on the back of his car. With the song running. I don't remember what the song was. I just remember seeing the lyrics. It's all right now. Oh, yeah. All right now, baby, it's all right now. Okay, don't jam out too hard. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, that's about it. That is about it. I Uh, think that we got through it all right. 
I have one last note to make. Okay. Every time that we watch a movie, I always come out of this kind of like out of a daze a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we, we have a we have a tradition here at the Mostly Movies podcast where right after we're done watching the movie, we go and walk down to the local convenient mart and we buy either a drink or a snack or something. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> when we were done with this movie, I really felt like I was on a drug trip for a little bit. Like, You're just like shell-shocked. Shell-shocked and paranoid that I was acting weird like I was on a drug or something. Because I went down to talk to Hannah, and I was commenting on, oh, you've you've made zucchini bread and stuff. And the only thing that ran through my mind was like, am I acting normal? Is this okay? <laughs> <laughs> Is this what people do? I don't know anymore. So- <laughs> and then we went down to the freaking store, mm-hmm. and... Every time I had to make eye contact or interact with a person, that same paranoia would flare up, and I'd be just like, "Sorry, I, I, I'll be over here. I, I it's okay. Uh, don't mind me." <laughs> just, wow, you just described like social anxiety so well there. Yeah, Brian. it, it, well, sort of. I guess I don't know. I mean, it sucked. <laughs> I, I hated it. Every oh. <laughs> Um, I, I'm only just now coming down off of that too. So let's never watch anything like this again, please. Well, here's the thing. Cause when I picked this movie, I thought it would be just a fun thing for us to just laugh about how, how <laughs> oh, much nonsense. Was yeah. Going I got on. that feeling from you near the beginning there. And then I started to pick up on the deep shit that's in it. And I could not like look away from it and just make this a fun podcast. I had to dissect it i just had to and so if you were listening to this expecting a fun time (laughs) i'm sorry i made it way too real i know but that being said i think i appreciated this movie a lot more this second time yeah in case it's not obvious to you listeners this podcast ain't for you (laughs) this is for us uh so you want to give it a score just score it uh three out of five i mean it's a well-done movie but I genuinely never want to experience this ever again. I'll give it a four out of five. Like the first time I watched it, I probably would have given it like a two out of five. But now that I, I actually got something out of it, then I don't, what can I say? I really like this movie now. Yeah. (laughs) That's all it takes. I sort of agree with you because my, my first reaction was a one or a two, but after talking about it a little more and realizing there is a whole lot more to it. Yeah. It's put it in the three there because there's there is more in here that i gave a credit for oh god can we please be done with this (laughs) yeah well we can be done talking about the movie but now we get to talk about our mail segment do we have mail michael um well hold on let me check the g g g mail the g g g mail (laughs) yes what's in the what does the g g g stand for uh it stands for good gracious golly we don't have any gmails oh or gg gmails but how about the facebook michael uh if we never have any shit on facebook okay how about the twitter then michael we do we do we do is it derby again it's not (gasps) a new one (laughs) there's somebody else we have a few what yeah really so are you ready to answer some questions uh hold on let me get my 
I wasn't expecting this, Michael. I've, I've got that feeling like it's like somebody knocked on my door and I forgot to put on pants or something. <laughs> really? Okay, so there's just one question and oh. then one statement. Well, now you've got me all... Okay, fine. But this is, this is, is a pretty big question. We may have to like cut away and come back. What is the question, Michael? I am ready. This is from a Mr. Lee Walker on Twitter. Okay. And he asks, <clears throat> at Mostly Movies Pod, question for both of you. Mm-hmm. Top five video games. Not a draft, Michael. Brian, he can explain to you why I said it isn't a draft. Hey, Michael. Yeah. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, uh, we have this game at work where we'll pick a subject. Oh, I assume this is a a work friend then. Yes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll do things much like fantasy football drafts where we'll pick a subject, be it favorite video games or movies or actors or actresses, Mm -hmm. things like that. And we'll draft them. So we'll set a draft order, and then one person will pick like their favorite video game. Like uh, that's a bad example because I don't want to give away what my favorite video game is. Okay. Um. Let's say favorite movie. Let's say my favorite movie is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's definitely I pick not, that. Okay. I pick that first, right? Then you can't pick it. Oh, I see. Okay, I gotcha. Right. But we're not doing it like that. Okay. We're just gonna pick our top five favorites. So what I think we need to do is get some paper and write them down so that if there is any overlap, we won't even know until we're reading them off. Sure. Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, uh, cut you... right now, Brian, yep. to when our lists are done. Okay. And we're back, everybody. We both have our top five list ready to go. Right, Brian? More or less. Um, I'm going to let you share your number five first. Uh, because I don't think they're the, it's the same as mine. Well, of course not. I've We don't have the same taste in video games, first of all. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them was the same. Okay. Maybe well, not the same number on the list, but there might be some overlap. Okay. Uh, You're number five. Uh, Just say it. What do you have written down at number five? Crystal Chronicles, the Final Fantasy game. GameCube. Oh, okay. Yeah. Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. I've played it. Uh, not by myself, but back when it was on the GameCube, right? Yeah, and you had to have the little we used to get Game together Boys to, to have multiplayer. The little, yeah, Game Boy Link cables. They're, I played they're bringing it, it back way. for the Switch, uh, I think, next year. With the Game Boy Link cables? No. Oh, well, then I'm Absurd. Not That's the whole reason why it's so great now, because you don't have to do that stupid bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the only fond memory I have about that game, though. Oh. Anyways, what's your number five, Michael? My number five, I played this for the first time like almost exactly a year ago, I would say. Oh, wow, that recent, okay. And I have since then played it probably eight more times. Is it Spider-Man? It is not (sighs) Spider-Man. It is Until Dawn. What? Yeah. Okay. I mean, what other game would I be able to play through entirely eight times? The thing about that game is it's basically a movie so it's like an eight-hour runtime, but the decisions that you make affect how the game ends. Does that count as eight times? Because you technically are playing it to get a different set of things yeah. that happen. I played through the story mode eight times. I, I so, guess, yeah. but it's different stories, isn't it? Also, I platinumed it. So. Okay, whatever. Yep. Yeah, all right, fine. All right, uh, you're number four. My number four... I'm going to rearrange this a little bit, actually. Oh, come on. Well, because I'm, I'm looking at it, and I, uh, I'm i going to say Fallout New Vegas. 
Okay. Yeah, that is one of my favorites. And it's the only game that I have ever owned where I have bought it on every system possible that you can own it on. I believe that you've mentioned that before on the podcast. I have. And I still, to this day, do not understand why I have done that. It's just something in your subconscious. I've never played that game before. It's great. Well, I've played a little bit of Fallout 4, and I wasn't a huge fan. Yeah, you you don't really seem like the target audience for this. Mm Mm-mm. I've, I I feel like it would be better though if you had like a bunch of friends together and we were like, Michael. That's Michael, exactly Michael. what happened when we played uh, Fallout Four. You remember we created uh, my character as what like my dream girl would look like. Vaguely, you don't remember that. I remember trying to get you to play Fallout Three, and we couldn't really get you past uh, the. I couldn't get the past the intro. You let me borrow Fallout Three once, and it crashed during the intro every time but we won't get into that my number four is the valve classic game portal 2 Ooh, i forgot about portal that's Ah! the one that's the one that i thought would overlap with your list no changing it you can't change your list well i can't because there are other games in my list that deserve these spots Mm. but that game is brilliant to me because it it's brilliant. really really funny and you just feel smart playing it when you figure out the the puzzles and how they they work out it's one of the most unique games that i've ever played too and it's got a weirdly interesting story that's like mm. only half there so you kind of have to fill in the pieces i don't know oh yeah there is there's a lot one. of like backstory and stuff right yeah. that you have to figure out for yourself Anyway, yeah, number four, Portal 2. What's your number three? Uh, my number three then goes to uh, Destiny 2. Wow, it, that's that high on your list? Yeah. I haven't heard you mention that game in like a year. Yes, I haven't played it in probably almost a year now. But it doesn't make it not one of your favorite games. Well, because I played it nearly nonstop for several years from the point it came out until more recently. Then why Portal 2 instead of Portal 1? I mean, what the fuck am I saying? I meant (laughs) Destiny. Why Destiny 2 instead of Destiny 1? I don't know, because that's just the more recent one. That's where the story ended last time I played it. Right. Destiny 1 is obviously where I started from, and it's... I don't know. They blend together so much for me that it's... That it's almost like one game. Yeah, so if I'm going to say one, I say Destiny 2 because it's right. it's where I'm at currently. Gotcha. My number three, I don't know how I lead up to this. It's it's mm-hmm. a game, it's the game that you guessed was going to be my number five, oh, and it's, it's Spider-Man PS4. I mean, that's a good one. I, I don't fault you there. Um, When I think about that game, the first thing that pops into my head is the sheer joy that i felt uh the first time that i started it up on my birthday because it came out on my birthday (laughs) i waited until after nine o'clock i'd watched the little countdown clock and it was like spider-man's available to play (laughs) and i turned it on and there's the opening cut scene that transitions seamlessly into you swinging through the city oh yeah and i got chills throughout like my whole body (laughs) when i uh when i experience playing that game just swinging through the city for the first time and it was absolutely amazing and i'll still turn on that game like every now and then even though i've finished it and i've finished all the dlc just to swing around new york city for a little bit and take pictures because it has one of the best photo modes 
of any game that I've ever played. It really does. So, that's my spiel about Spider-Man PS4. Kind of reminds me a little bit of, actually, the movie we just watched, where Johnny Depp is saying something about, like, there are people out there who subscribe to the idea that you can get just as high, if not higher, uh, without drugs than with. Mm. And he also says he is not one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's your number two? My number two is Zelda Breath of the Wild. Okay. Because that is just a fantastically made game. I know a lot of people that would agree with you on that one. Also, I've never played it, and yeah, I probably I never will. I but... I would bet you probably will at some point. It's just you're not going to sit down and play through it. Well, I mean, if we're going to count any playtime of it, then I have actually played it. Oh, okay. Um, I know nothing about the story and really I'm... any of the game mechanics at all, but I have kind of messed around with it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's... Not enough to see why it's one of the greatest games of all time. I think it has to do more with the fact that some of the previous games were just not that great, or they were a little bit lackluster, and then this one was just so well put together that even though... And unique the, in the series? I don't know about truly... Un- well, okay, yeah, no, it, it's pretty unique, I guess. Yeah. They, they went above and beyond what we were expecting them to do, which is a first right. in terms of the zelda games because normally we have a pretty good idea of what's going to come this one we didn't and it's it's just well put together yeah even if i don't individually I understand the parts, that even if i don't appreciate it yeah i don't know it, it it makes it to that number two just because of the appreciation the game itself is you know it's more like a solid four it doesn't deserve like a top five out of five or anything like that but it's it's well done see for you it's number two but for me it's just a big old number two Wow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. I just had to say it, I actually though. had a little pang in my heart there. That hurt. That hurt. For my number two. Oh, I don't feel good. I'm going to stick with Nintendo. No, I, uh, I'm, I can't move on two. for this. It's, oh. It was just a joke. Oh, but it just hurt. Just a joke. Oh. I had to because we were saying number two so oh. much. Uh, my number two. <laughs> Is it Red Dead Redemption? No. Dang it. It is, I said it was going to stick with Nintendo. Oh, that's right. It's the classic Super Mario Brothers for the NES. Hard to beat a classic. Can't, never, I never get tired of playing that game. It's just super fun, and I've still never beaten it. So Never? Yeah. Never made it all the way to the final castle or whatever. Have you? I know I've made it there. I've seen my cousin do it, but I've never done it. I, I can't think of what happens. Maybe I didn't beat it. I don't know. I remember cousins showing me how to get like the little flutes or not the flutes uh the warp pipes to skip some of the levels yes i know how to skip like up to world five and the farthest i've made it is to like the castle in world seven but okay but yeah now it's the moment of truth brian well i'm gonna stick with also a classic because even if this game is not that great anymore (laughs) Mm mm-hmm it sticks with me as my number one game because of just sheer nostalgia and emotional okay. meaning to me, I'm which intrigued. is the good old Pokemon Red. Oh, okay. That was my very first video game that I truly remember. I, I probably played others, like the little freaking pinball game on like the computer or right. you know, Solitaire. Did you know that that 
the Windows XP one pinball. Is yeah. that the one you're talking about? Did you know that was a demo? That was a free demo for a full yes, game. Yes, I did know that, but I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, I think I only learned. I don't that, think like anybody a, did. No, <laughs> they did not market that well. No, because that freaking demo went on forever. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, there would be like a purchase the full game now, like every ten minutes yeah. or something. But yeah, that is what it is. Anyway, but yeah, Pokemon Red Good Christmas pick. Day opened that up. I should should note the. Uh, <laughs> My, okay, my family is relatively religious, mm-hmm. so when they gave me a game about little monsters evolving, mm-hmm. I was very confused. <laughs> yes. Because they're very anti-evolution everything. Mm-hmm. So to give me a game that was specifically about evolving monsters told me to have fun. I remember looking up at them and being like, is this okay for me to have? <laughs> like, am I okay to play this? You're not going to get mad. That's right? when you don't question it when you're a kid. You're well, just like, thanks. I was so confused. I had to question it. And then mm. they were like, yeah, you know, have fun. And my only thought in my brain was, they must not know what this is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why you don't question it. Yeah, I didn't question that part. <laughs> and I ran with it. And that is probably what uh, led me to be the person that I am today. Hmm. For better wow. or for worse. Wow. It made you who you are today. Well, um, yeah, that started my gaming addiction. So. Well. <laughs> I mean, if Pokemon uh, made you who you are today by making you addicted to gaming, I would say that my number one made me who I am today as just a very depressed person. Wow. Okay. I can't wait to hear what this is, Michael. (laughs) Because my number one video game of all time is Naughty Dog's The Last of Us. Oh, Okay, I see where you're coming from there. <laughs> <laughs> it's very dark, but damn, the story is so compelling. I forgot about and that And the one characters too. are just amazing, and it's emotional, and the gameplay is actually really, really good. It feels cinematic, which is what I want in a video game because I love cinema, and everything that I love about video games and movies just kind of rolled into one yeah they're very good at that and i'm super excited for the last of us part two even though it just got pushed back like four months or something but yeah there you go lee yeah great question sorry we spent so long on that now i'm sure that he's digging it an honorable mention i'd like to put in here is the stanley parable oh yeah i remember that game i I love that one (laughs) we have another uh tweet here oh yes that's right there's more mail sorry yes i'm gonna have to cut out so much to make room for this (laughs) this is also from lee walker which is not a question but a statement and it says at mostly movies pod it's still early in development but i'm working on a drinking game for the podcast i don't like the sound of that i Um, love it uh once you work out the rules of the drinking game send them in so that we can read them on the podcast and all of our listeners can play the mostly movies podcast drinking game do do we the hosts of the show have to participate no oh do you, okay. know, how a, do you know how a drinking game works yes but i thought we would also depending on how the drinking game works man because i mean if we say a thing and we have to drink no it's just when you're listening to the podcast you would take a drink well i feel like i we could know. abuse that then because like let's say it's a, a it triggers on a word right we can just sit there and say the word for 10 minutes straight yeah but we won't it's just for entertainment purposes only let me rephrase that michael 
I'm going to sit there and say the word for 10 minutes straight if that's how it's going to be. If Brian does that, you do not have to follow the rules of the drinking game because it is for entertainment purposes only. Pussies. Is what a, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have one more thing from from uh, Twitter. Oh, oh, we do? We do. And that is the results of our listeners' choice poll. Oh, shit, I forgot. And we have a winner, Brian. I sure hope so. Do you want a drum roll? I would love a drum roll. Okay, here it is. And the winner is The Great Gatsby from 2013. I'm not even sure what this is, but I know it's a classic. Have you ever seen that gif with Leonardo DiCaprio with like the fireworks going off in the background and he's like got the glass of champagne that he's yes that he's holding up? That's from The Great Gatsby. I okay, I know it's from The Great Gatsby. <laughs> I'm aware that from movie Great and Mr. Gatsby Come back in two weeks to listen to our review of The Great Gatsby. Hopefully Brian will have better words to say in order proper. I think that's the end of our episode, right? Uh, I think so. Unless you got any last words of wisdom. Um, well, you want to hit him with the socials so they can write oh, into right. us? Oh, right. I guess we could do that. We forgot to do that last time now that I think about it. Yeah, but we're doing it now, so. Okay. If you would like to write to us, listeners... Uh, we have a Twitter account that seems to be our most popular. Uh, we are at Mostly Movies Pod. That's correct. Uh, we have a Facebook that nobody pays attention to, <laughs> including uh, us. And, yeah, it's called The Mostly Movies Podcast. Yep. And then we also have a Gmail account. A GGG mail. A GGG mail. Good golly gosh. Mail. mail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that one's at Mostly Movies Pod. No, it's. it's is it, okay, what is so, it? Mostly movies pod at gmail.com. Yeah, that's yeah, it. that's sorry. What it is. I'm all backwards now. All right, now we can end the show. Okay. Well, last words of wisdom, Michael. We promised the audience something, or I did, that you would give them that. Well, this I feel like is a Talking classic. Talking is hard. <laughs> this is a classic uh, piece of wisdom that has been handed down throughout the generations that I think applies very well, and we'll just tie this whole episode together if you say wubba dubba dub dub i'm gonna kill you that's not what i was gonna say okay <laughs> did i throw you off a little bit <laughs> sorry what i was going to say is don't do drugs kids that's it <laughs> plain and simple and good night everybody oh good christ it's from animania yeah i know you have explained it three times now See, the thing is, is I had completely <laughs> forgot that I did that <laughs> like two episodes ago, and then I did it again in the very next episode. You don't say. So now it has to become a thing, and I always have to say that it's from Animania. Don't, don't do that. So, okay, that episode's over. <laughs> Woo! Woo, indeed, sir. Man. We've been recording for like two hours. Almost. Do we still have, are we still recording even? We haven't run out of tape? We have five minutes left. We can do a, uh, wow. a stinger spoiler real wow. quick. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, damn, that's good shit. <laughs> wow, that was a lot of coke that you just put into your nose, man. I just realized that I shouldn't be swearing because this is the spoiler intro. Well, but too late now. Spoilers oh, and explicit language will be ahead for this episode right. and also a lot of illicit narcotics.
I mean, we're not doing the illicit narcotics, even though it kind of seemed like I was. Yeah, no, don't worry. It was Coca-Cola. Yes. And I <laughs> snorted it up my nose. Yeah. Um, Did that hurt? It looked like it hurt. Yeah. It's very tingly in my brain. I like that one, but we do need to do it without cursing. <laughs> <laughs> if we can do it without cursing, I think that'd be great. Well, what are you supposed to say after you do a line of cocaine? You got to say, damn, that's good shit. Oh, wow. damn, that's good shit. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Nailed it. All right. Oh. What? Are we not recording? No, we are. Tell me I just we're read recording. this wrong. It's not five minutes that we have left. It's five hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's our out. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Is that true? Yeah. I I, I didn't realize <laughs> that it was counting down from seconds, minutes, then hours. I thought it was something else. I you... thought I thought it was milliseconds, seconds, <laughs> and minutes. Okay. For some reason, yeah. I don't know why it hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> oh, good night, good. everybody. That was a good way to end it right there. <laughs>